Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. What's up, man? What's going on, dog? How you feeling? Uh, you know, I felt better. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, you sound under the weather too. Yeah, I mean, I'm recovering. I did sound a lot worse earlier in the week, so um, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Between the wedding we went to last weekend, congratulations to Jill and Alex. Um, the Ravens game. I mean, those are just both fucking petri dishes <laughs> yeah i mean we had a we had a bunch of people at the wedding once again congratulations to jill and alex it was a beautiful wedding um the orange crushes started strong and just got stronger yeah i only had one i so i had three false i had half of one <laughs> i had three the first one i got i was like i could taste the vodka and i'm like okay all right this is gonna this is gonna get me where i need to be this yeah, is it's, perfect it's, it's gonna be one of them parties i i got the second one i'm like Oof, okay, well, we're going to get here faster than I anticipated, but we're going to get there. That's yeah. fantastic. The third one I got, I'm like, bitch, this is straight vodka. Yeah. I'm like, good Lord. Sarah, Sarah brought me that back, and I'm like, <clears throat> God bless. It's, uh, it, was, it, it was vodka with the uh, orange food diet. Dude, it really was. I gave uh, Timbo was, was drunkenly passing me. I was like, Timbo, t- take a sip of this. He's like, why? I'm like, just, just do it. I was like, because it just. Just taste this orange crush real quick, and he he tastes it. It's like, dude, that's straight vodka. I'm like, I know. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't just being a bitch. I yeah. was not. I was not. It was straight vodka. Yeah, I had one. It was strong. Yeah. So like after that third one, I I told Sarah, I'm like, yeah, enough. We're not we're not doing we're not doing anymore. We've we've made too big a jumps already to get here. I don't want to know what step four looks like. Right. Yeah. I was um. I I I drank a good bit. Oh yeah. No, you were you were lit. That's for damn sure. I was I was controlled, but I was lit. You were trying to give me like daps on the dance floor, but like you were like missing my hand. You're yeah, like I don't remember that. Smacking the hell out of my forearm <laughs> and then just bringing it right down. I'm like, God, like dude, there was one. I was like, fuck you. That hurt. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that at all. I just I just I just took my lumps and kept it pushing cuz I knew you were you were just inebriated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was um, I was pretty drunk. I'm not gonna lie. Dude, we had ha- we had half a damn EDM show there though. Yeah, it was it was it was, <laughs> it, was it was pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie, dude. It was there was uh there was one transition he missed he missed the mark on it. I forget exactly what it was. I felt like I dropped acid. Okay, that's not at all where I was going with that. But nah, I mean I mean I mean with the whole EDM show thing. I mean it felt like it felt like we were on acid. I'll be honest with you. I never once felt like I was on acid. I'll be honest. I don't think I... I no, I was good. I've never <laughs> taken acid, so I don't know what it feels well, like. Well, neither have I, but I'm sure it probably feels a lot like how it did at pretty, the wedding. Pretty similar to what we were going through. I bet you the DJ was on acid. Ah, that explains it. Might have been cool. It would have been cool. Imagine... What do you think he... like? Do you think he saw us all as like, little like, mer-cats out there dancing around then? Like, what do you think he saw us as? <laughs> <laughs> Um, if he's on acid, dude, just tripping balls. Like, what do you think? 
I don't know, man. What's your best guess? Give me a guess. I went meerkats. I could. I gotta be honest with you. I don't entirely know what a meerkat is. Yeah, neither do I. Um, <laughs> we had to just look like a bunch of fucking big ass Swedish fish, just like walking around and shit. Going Swedish fish. I am. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we had to just look like nothing but Swedish Swedish fish. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have been too mad. If he saw me as a Swedish fish, <laughs> I wouldn't have been too mad. Unless he tried to take a bite out of me. I'd be pissed as shit. I'd probably, <laughs> then I'd be pissed. I'd probably whoop his ass. I'd probably call him Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Smack him in the face and call him Dahmer. <laughs> no. Meh. Yeah, but then followed up followed up the next day with the Ravens game. That was uh that was pretty big. That was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Dude, those Sunday night games are so much fun. They hit different, man. They do hit different. We're two and oh. We are two and oh on Sunday night. Yeah. We we were at the we were at the Chiefs game last season. Uh first game back at the bank after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um that was absolutely freaking lit. Um and then Sunday night against the Bengals, division game, former AFC champions. That game was lit. Yeah. We got both dubs, so of course, if the Ravens have a Sunday night football game at home next season, we've already established, we have to go. Well, it's not if, it's when, because of course, I mean, playing play at the bank, it's, it's one of the best atmospheres in all of, in all of the NFL. I asked, uh, I asked Reno and Brandon if they could hear us chant bullshit after that Marcus Peters uh, pass interference call on Jamar Chase when they tangled up feet. Yeah. Um, and apparently they said they couldn't. Now, I don't know. I feel like they might have been to a commercial break. They could have. Because I don't think there's any way they didn't hear us. But, we were loud. But then again, it also wasn't the whole stadium. I started that chant. You and probably like <laughs> 100 other people at the same time. I'm just saying I didn't hear anybody else say it until I said it. I was, like, more shocked than anything. I just, I couldn't do anything but just, like, stand there with my hands to the fucking sky. Dude, you gotta get in on the bullshit, champ. I did. That's fun. It, I, no, it is fun. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's not. Like, there's a, there's a place, right? Like, you, got, you can go and you can have fun. You can chant bullshit if there's a bullshit call. And, uh, you know, you can, you, you can curse and have fun. But what you can't do... Is what the kids two rows in front of us were doing. Yeah, so so at so in front of us, like the two rows in front of us, they all had to have been together. They had to have been. I really don't think that they were. Cause so so the people that were directly in front of us, they were much more tame. Dude, they were good, but they were still somewhat obnoxious. Like I like I sat in front of two girls, and they were somewhat obno- somewhat obnoxious. See, I didn't get that. I wasn't over there. Right, but then the row in front of us was nothing. Was like, it was like six or seven guys, all like nineteen to twenty years old, all drinking somehow. I I yeah I don't know how, but they were like like the most obnoxious. like. Imagine like sitting at a game with no- nothing but like eighteen year olds that are somehow drinking, vaping, and every third word was well, fuck. Right, right. So that was really, really annoying. Um, wasn't having a whole, wasn't having a whole lot of it. Um, but crazy thing is, like the like two rows in front of them, there was a guy sitting there. With a Joe Burrow jersey on. 
with the with his family who was all in Ravens gear. My man was minding his business too. Minding his own business. So like, ha- so like, in the something happened during the game, and they started like giving the guy a hard time. I think it was the. I think it was their touchdown. The first touchdown they scored. That we scored? No, 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 no. That the Bengals scored. No, 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 no. Because the the Ravens, the the eighteen year olds that were sitting in front of us, they started it. They like they like said something to him. They were like jawing at him, and he turned around, and like laughed, and was like and like said stuff back. Well, it well it started with um he stood up to cheer. Um, I want to say it was I want to say it was that first touchdown that the Bengals scored. Um, yes, the okay. Hay- the Hayden Hurst touchdown, and he stood up to cheer, and they were minding like, his own business. Yeah. Like, his team scored. He was happy. He was cheering. I don't blame him. No. That's what it is. And they were like, sit the fuck down. And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he pushes his seat down and stands up on his seat and goes, no, I think I'm going to stand a little taller. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I like you. I can't stand your right, team. Right, right, right. But I like you. That's the attitude I like. Because I do it, too. Right. So he, so he, so he, was, he was enjoying himself like, <laughs> he, like he should at the football game. Right. Well, then, of course... They kept drinking, and they kept being more and more obnoxious. Well, it got to a point where, at some point, the group that was sitting in front of us walked down the steps after, like, saying something to the guy. I, I watched this happen. And then the dude got him from his seat and then ran down the steps after him. See, I, I missed all of that. Now, that, that's explainable. He could have had to go pee-pee. So you hauled ass. Could have. That happens to the best of us. It does. Yes. But then again, at the same time, they were being pretty obnoxious. Oh, yeah. So he could have gone down there to say, hey, you better, sh- like, you better stop. Right. Well, then it got to a point where he was like face-to-face with somebody else. Well, yeah, they were back in the seats, and somebody went down and climbed over the seats and was right behind him talking shit. Right. To the point that where the girl that was in the group with uh, the Bengals fan, was, like, jawing back at him. Right. Like, like it, it looked like there was about to be a fist fight there in the stands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't be that guy. No, 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 no. See, this is the thing. Like, if you're going to go to, like, really any sporting event, like here, in, like, here in Maryland, with being so close to D.C., so close to Pennsylvania, Virginia, New York, all that shit, um... The Orioles and the Ravens, they're so susceptible to having visiting fans there, especially being in D.C. Yeah. I mean, you have people from all over the fucking world working in D.C. Right. Um, <clears throat> so you will have those fans that are from other teams at the game there to see their team they can't normally see. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. I've had times where I've interacted, especially with tailgating before games. Oh, yeah. I've interacted with a lot of fans from opposing teams before. Kind of just like playfully talking shit. They do the same thing back, and then it actually starts a conversation. Yeah, and it's all in good fun. Like it, it's, it starts like a real genuine conversation about all that, and, and all that shit. But don't be that guy that tries to fight. Like, don't be annoying to other fans. Yeah, because you think it's funny. Yeah, like no, you just look like, like you look like the jackass. Yeah. Like I remember uh, last year for the uh, for the Ravens and Vikings game, um, we were we were sitting up top and the fans sitting in front of us were Vikings fans, and it was some dude. Um, he was he brought his son. Granted, this son was absolutely obnoxious. 
How old was his son? Ah, maybe like 11. Okay. But it was like, come on, you got to make that tackle. I can make that tackle. Of course, because everybody thinks that they have what it takes to be an NFL player. Um, right. Which I, at one point, am guilty of. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm guilty of it. We all are. Yeah, I'm guilty. Um, but whatever. And then, uh, so we went for my birthday in November. Obviously, mm-hmm. November is salute to service for military members and everything. Um, so they were, uh, you know, the, the Raven Stadium was giving out a, uh, a shout out for military members. Like, stand up if you've been in the military, whatever. Vikings fans stood up. Um, and, like, we all, like, gave him an ovation oh, and everything like that. Yeah. You know, I thanked him for his service. Because at the end of the day, oh the oh the Vikings fan, yeah. So okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. he served in the military. Thanked him for his service. Was he like directly in front of you? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Uh, you know, shook his hand, said thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Then we beat him. <laughs> we beat the Vikings. Not you beat him. <laughs> yeah, we beat the Vikings. <laughs> I didn't beat him. I did not assault him. <laughs> you, you did not assault an army vet at the fucking empty back stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be specific there, buddy. I know I always say I'm a degenerate, but I'm not that much of a degenerate. <laughs> right. That I'm assaulting military vets. Right. But, like, end of the day, like, it's all good and fun. We're all, well, like, like you don't see NFL players getting into fights regularly. <laughs> I like how you were, like, you started saying it. You're like, yeah, I got to call an audible on this one. They don't do it regularly. Sometimes they do. It ha- Like, when it does, it's cool. It happens. So, like... If NFL players who are literally competing for their livelihood aren't getting into fistfights, you paying $100 to go watch them play their games and, and pay for their fucking contracts. like <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Like, we in the stands don't need to be fighting either. My whole thing is, is like, your life continues. Right, exactly. Whether they win or lose, you still got to go to work on Monday. Exactly. It doesn't matter. I get upset when the Ravens lose, of course, because I want my team to do well. I want them to win. I'm upset for an hour, and then I move the fuck on. Exactly. It's not a big deal. Because <laughs> guess what? They're going to play again next week. Right. Right. And, and then we'll try it all over again. Right. And it's natural to be upset. You can be. It's okay to be upset because it's like, that's your team. You're rooting for them. You want them to win. You want them to win the Super Bowl. And see, with the NFL, it's a lot different because you literally have 17 chances. Right. That's it. Like if, like if you if you suck for fucking ten of them, then you're done. You're done. And fan is short for fanatic. Right. I don't know what that has to fucking do with anything, but it just means you're a little crazy. Well, yeah. I heard Colin Cowherd talking about how uh, every fan of every team thinks that every pick they make is a great pick in the NFL draft. False. I'm a realist. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I think I think even you were a little confused by the J.K. Dobbins pick I was, a couple years ago. I was pissed on the surface. But now look at you. Until I I mean until I realized exactly like what was happening. Yeah, until I thought about it. You said to me, Who the fuck is Travis Jones? Yeah, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> Dude's a first round talent. Dude had first round talent. Yeah. He's a, he's an absolute dog. Yeah. I think I was wondering who Travis Jones was because there was other guys that were still sitting there that I had no clue who the hell Justin Matabike was. Yeah, I had no clue who he was too until uh you, me, and TJ watched his highlight tape on YouTube while we're sitting there on Zoom watching the draft and we're like, Oh my 
God. He is a freak. Who let us have him in the third round? <laughs> right. I'm, we're sitting there like, oh, God, who let us draft him? Right. Um. Excuse me. I didn't even know how to pronounce Tyler Beatty's last name. I thought it was Batty. 2018, I was pissed we took two tight ends in three rounds. I was pissed we took Aiden Hurst in the first round. See, I wasn't mad about that because I'm like, okay, tight ends are fucking neat. We got Hayden Hurst, who's the best, who was consensus, the top prospect in the draft. Yeah. I wasn't mad about that. It's not like he's a scrub. He's a, he's, I mean, he's a starter for the Bengals now. He's not, he's not our starter, but I think we still traded him for like a fifth round pick. Which, didn't we flip that for Calais Campbell? No, we flipped that for... No, that was Kerry Vedvik, the kicker. We traded to the ah, Vikings that's right. for a fifth-round pick and then <laughs> traded that fifth-round pick to the uh, Jaguars for Calais Campbell. That's right. We turned a kicker into Calais Campbell, which is nutty. <laughs> a kicker is not even in the league anymore. Yeah, he's not even in the league anymore. That's just, a, that's just that's nutty. That's absurd. <laughs> like, my question is, how do you convince a team to do something like that? I have no idea. No, I, what do you think the best heckle we uh, we yelled at Joe Burrow was? We had some good ones <laughs> driving home too. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna lie. Like my best one, personally, just because I say it, and my girlfriend still laughs about it, is Joe Burrow still holds his nose when he jumps in the pool. <laughs> like she still laughs about that. I think my best one was Joe Burrow goes sock shoe sock shoe. <laughs> <laughs> or Joe Burrow wipes uh, back to front. <laughs> Joe Burrow wipes back to front. Yeah, we like, like the, so. So that that was that was my girlfriend Steph's first actual game, and of course, like it was like like it's arguably one of the bigger games that we have on the entire schedule. I'd agree with that. Um, just with especially with how Cincinnati, I mean, de- demolished us two two fucking games last season. Um. Yeah, they cracked our shit last season. And and with and with like at two and two, your fifth game is really a tipping point in the NFL. If you win, you're more likely to be a playoff team than you are if you lose. Not saying you're still out of it because you could have similar to Ravens schedule. If we had lost last week, we played the Giants this week, which is a little bit more of a favorable game. But this I mean, it was a it was a really, really big game. And of course you and I are not fans that are like of course, like on the surface, like on the drive down, I'm pretty sure you and I both said at least once or twice was fuck Joe Burrow, like word for word. Um, we also had an opportunity to run the bus off the road. We did. That was really cool. That I'm was cool. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. We were, getting, we were driving down, se- which one's first? 795, right? Yes. We were driving down 795 heading toward the game. And you know, so I wanted to be down in the city by, what time did I say? Five? I think so. I wanted to be in the city by five. And you and Sarah didn't get to my house until four forty five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so if so if if we had left earlier we wouldn't have seen this because like I I was always curious about how how teams actually got to the NFL stadium. Well, the on ramp from Owings Mills on to seven ninety five, as soon as I was as soon as I passed it. I heard a bunch of cop sirens, and I was speeding, so I assumed I was getting ready to get pulled over, and I looked behind me, and it's three, they weren't state troopers. No, but cops on motorcycles. Cops on motorcycles block off 795 or I just drove through, 
And then from the ramp from Owings Mills comes four motor coach buses. Oh, yeah. With a police escort. A fucking unit. Yeah, so so it was it was really cool to see the um and like when we were on ninety five trying to get off off ninety five to go park, the, the buses eventually caught up to us. Uh huh. And like you like you couldn't like you could see inside, but you couldn't see inside, and you like you could tell like pe- people were wearing, wearing wearing headphones. Yeah, like everybody on the buses wearing headphones. Like it was like we saw how the Cincinnati Bengals got to the stadium. Yeah, we which. S- which was really, really cool to see. I mean, they had a full police escort. I mean, they, they shut down 695. Yeah. I had never driven on 695 where I'd never hit traffic. These bastards just got to skip it all. Right. right. It's, it, like, it's crazy. Like, I was, like, I was driving all, like, on the 695, and the cops were sitting across four lanes of traffic. Yeah. The only people coming on to six ninety five were coming off of seven ninety five. It was us. It, it like it was like that. That was a really really cool experience to see like how it all happens. Yeah, like that. Like they have two cops go. Geez, maybe a quarter mile ahead of the ahead of the convoy. Oh yeah, just to clear one lane of traffic, mm-hmm. which is which is of course the fast lane, but. But yeah, it was like that. That was that was really really cool. That I'm was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool to see. And we had a bunch of jokes about it all and everything. We I, did. It, yeah. it was it, it yeah, was we, funny. We, yeah, we said I said I uh I I said that if we were not in not in my girlfriend's car, I would have ran one of the buses off the road. We do it for the city. <laughs> I put off for the city. I ride for my city. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it was all jokes. Of course, right. we we let the Bengals uh, get to the stadium safely so they could lose to the Ravens. I also spent like five hundred dollars on tickets. So by God, I was not going to give them up just to go crash one of the buses. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun though. A lot of fun at the game. I love going to. I love going to the bank. Yeah, it's always it's all it's always a good time. Um. I can't wait till I go again. I plan on going two more times this year. I would like to see the Panthers, and I am going to the Falcons game. That is confirmed. There you go. Yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Andrew. Well, we're going to the Commanders game against the Falcons. Against the Falcons. Yes, I will be seeing the Falcons twice this year. A lot of game film. Ugh. Um, we are going to Morgantown, West Virginia. That'll be an experience. That'll be an experience. I've never been. I've never been to a college football game before. Yeah, this will be my first for this as well. So this is gonna be fun. Um, and then there's talks about me making my way to Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ravens game. Really? Yeah. Who are you going with for that? Uh, with Sarah. <clears throat> oh, nice. Um, one of her good friends is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I think you guys were talking about this on the drive down. Yes. Okay. Um, so there is there's been uh discussions about possibly going to Pittsburgh to Accusure Stadium to Accusure Stadium. Um, to Heinz Field, and uh, wearing purple there. See, that's one place that would scare me. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean... You're going you're gonna to catch me like homeboy wearing the Joan Burrow jersey. Just not being obnoxious. No, just not being obnoxious. But I am going to do the O during the uh, national anthem. Oh, you have to. I got I to gotta let the team know we're there. Well, at that point, late in the season... I mean, we'll be fighting for a playoff spot. The Steelers don't look great. They're going to be fighting for a first round or a first overall draft pick. Uh, I don't know if they'll be that down bad. Yeah. At some point, they'll figure it out. I think this will. Pro- I think this will probably be Mike Tomlin's first losing season, though. I think that's absolutely, 
and I don't I don't think it's even really in question. They're about to get cracked again this week. Yeah, they really are. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're missing their entire starting secondary. Pretty much. Uh, Akilah Witherspoon, Minka Fitzpatrick, Levi Wallace. Cam Sutton. And Cam Sutton. They're all out. Yeah. That's they're, three corners and their safety. They're going to get their shit cracked by the Buccaneers this week. They play the Bucs. They're about to be one in five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if like if you're starting a season one at five, you're really not. Like you're gonna have to rip off four straight just to get back to five hundred. Yeah. Good. Good luck. Which that's not an easy thing to do in the NFL. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, as Ravens fans, three years ago we watched us. We watched the Ravens rip off twelve in a row. So I mean, it like like it can happen. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's impossible. I mean. I mean, shit. Even even when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie, he he ripped off thirteen in a row. Yeah, I as, mean, as starter, I'm not saying. I I mean, Ben Roethlisberger and Kenny Pickett; those are two completely different quarterbacks. But this is also a different NFL. It is a different NFL now at this point. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's um, it's not looking good for Pittsburgh. Oh, there it Whoops. goes. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's just hop into the NFL here, then. What do you What do you say? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, so while we're talking, while we're talking records and everything like that, um, we're talking about how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers are. It brings me a little joy to say that, like internally, <laughs> brings me a little joy. Okay. Um, as of right now, the Buffalo Bills are leading the AFC East at four and one. Um, the Giants are uh, second in that division at three and two. Dolphins are third, three and two. Patriots Pause. are two and three. Pause. What? You said the Giants. Jets. There you go. What's the difference? One's a giant, one's a plane. One's real, one flies. <laughs> That's facts. Um, in the FC North, uh, you want to you want to know where there is no difference though between the Giants and the Jets? Their record. Okay. No, it's still false. No, there is a difference. Giants are four and one. Yeah, the <clears> Jets are three and two. My fault. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are leading the FC North at three and two. Um, Cleveland Browns are second at two and three. Cincinnati Bengals are two and three as well. Is that strictly off point differential? Um, no. Not Cleveland point. is one and zero oh in the division. Cincinnati's zero oh and two. Oh wow! Yeah. Cleveland beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and the Ravens have beat Cincinnati. Huh. Okay. Continue. Uh, AFC South. Tennessee Titans are leading that division at three and two. Uh, the Colts are second at two two and one. I said two two. <laughs> Jags are third at two and three, and the uh, Houston Texans are one three and one. So they've already <laughs> exceeded our win expectations they, this year. They have already over exceeded um, and overachieved. Yeah. In the AFC West, uh, Kansas City Chiefs haven't skipped a beat, even with losing Tyreek Hill. They're four and one. They're leading that division. Uh, Chargers are three and two. Denver is two and three, and the absolutely pitiful Las Vegas Raiders are one and four. Still think they're better than the, than uh, Denver though. Yeah. Well, they beat them head to head, so they are. Yeah, they're both pretty shitty. I hate them both. <laughs> In the NFC, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles are leading the NFC East. Dallas Cowboys at four and one. The New York Jets. 
I did that on purpose. I know you did. Jack the New York Giants are four and one as well. Um, and the Washington Commanders, um, after beating the Bears on Thursday Night Football, are two and four. You know what? While we're t- while we while we while you just discussed Thursday Night Football, those Bears uniforms, the orange jersey with the orange helmet, that was clean, dude. That was fire. That was really, with the white pants. That was the white really, pants really made it really pop. nice. Yeah. The white pants really made it pop. I really appreciated that. Yeah, that was um, that was a fire uni combination. Yeah, I appreciate what you're showing me there, Vicky Bellancourt. Yeah, shout out Vicky Bellancourt there. Um, in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings, as uh, as expected, are leading the NFC North at four and one. Green Bay Packers are doing a little bit better than I think we anticipated at three and two. Um, Chicago Bears are two and four, um, and the Detroit Lions, while an absolutely scrappy team, just can't seem to get into the W column too many times at one and four. Yeah. So the problem with Detroit is is that the fact that so of course their offense is is except for last week they got fucking blanked by the Patriots. Um, I thought you were about to sneeze. No. Um, so, of course, they got waxed last week by the Patriots, 29 to nothing. Um, their, offense is do- their offense is doing really, really well. They-, they can really score a lot of points, and they can do it in a hurry. But the problem is they can't stop anyone. Yeah, their defense is terrible. So, yeah, it's all good and fine. Like, like against-, against Seattle, they scored 45 points, but they allowed Seattle to score 48. Great. I'm pretty sure Ohio State could score 40 against Seattle. Seattle or Detroit? Either or. Because, I mean, the way Detroit's going, they're going to be... Uh, C.J. Stroud might be <laughs> might be heading up that team next year. Good for That'd him. That'd be scary. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? So, see, of course, we're going we're gonna to talk about college football here soon. Um, C.J. Stroud, Amandre St. Brown, T.J. Hawkinson, Jamison Williams. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. They'll probably get another wide receiver in the draft. Yeah. That's insane. Good night. Yeah. Shug night. <laughs> in the NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading the division at 3-2. and two. New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons both at 2-3. and three. Yeah, Atlanta Atlanta's definitely doing better than what we expected. I mean, we we came up with the collective of them going 2-15. and 15. Um, Yeah, I, I saw uh, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud in their future. I still do. Maybe not one of those two. Uh, but I definitely do see a quarterback for their for the team's future here in the first round here yeah. coming up. Carolina Panthers and an abysmal one and four. Yeah, Carolina's really bad. Of course, the of course big news coming out of Carolina here during the week, um, which you and I both predicted this. I think earlier in the season, Matt Rule was going to be the first head coach fired. The thing that is just so surprising to me is that they fired him now. So, of course, the big news I was alluding to was Matt Rule getting fired, but I was very surprised that they fired him this early. You and I talked about it a little bit when it happened, and, you know, like I told you, um, I, think the big, I think the big reason they did it is because the season isn't necessarily lost yet. Right. Like, they can still flip the switch and get some sort of a, a winning culture over there. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If, if you know, if you watch football and, and, and you, you know players and everything like that, the Carolina Panthers don't have a lack of talent. Yeah, talent definitely wasn't the issue in Carolina. It, the, the issue definitely was coaching. Um, not, and, and even you and I were talking about this earlier today. Matt Rule necessarily isn't a bad coach, per se. Um, it's just... And same thing with a lot of guys who try to make the jump from NFL or from college to the NFL. Yeah. That some guys are just much better coaches in college yeah. compared to they are in the NFL. 
Yeah, it's it's just a different game. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I Urban mean, Meyer was one of the best college footballs of all time. Right. He couldn't make the transition to the NFL. I mean, Nick Saban got fired in the NFL. Yeah, Nick Pete, Saban got... Pete, Pete Carroll got fired from the NFL. I mean, you have um, Chip Kelly. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Who was the dude who... Coach at Louisville. Uh, Petrino. Yeah. Yeah, Petri- Petrino was in the NFL for a little while. Like, like let me just say, like, uh, um, like Lincoln Riley... One of the smartest college coaches in college football. I mean, like, offensively. Offensively, yeah. Yeah, Offensively, he's one of the smartest coaches in probably football in general. I'll even put him in the class with the NFL. Lincoln probably probably wouldn't succeed in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, when you're you're coaching coaching kids in college... It's different. uh, Again, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say my last statement. When you're coaching kids in college, it's a lot different than coaching men. In the NFL, Bill Belichick wouldn't wouldn't do well in the in college football. Bill Belichick would not do well in college football. No, because I mean college fo- college football is so reliant on okay, I have this I, I have this five star running back or five star quarterback. I'm gonna let him just go out and do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Um, but the, like the NFL is much much more team oriented. Like you win as a team. College football, literally. Look at look at Lamar Jackson. He was in Louisville. Oh, Lamar, yeah. Lamar Jackson is the reason why Louisville, not the reason, but he's like, he was the majority of that offense in Louisville. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at guys like Johnny Manziel, um, guys like Tim Tebow, Robert mm-hmm. Griffin III. Those are all, all guys who won college, college's best award in the Heisman, but then got to the NFL and for one reason or another, they didn't have the level of success mm-hmm. that they did that they did in college. Just because yep. I mean, it's a it's a much different game. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston still having success. Even Marcus Mariota. I mean, I mean, fuck, Atlanta's two and three. Yeah, but when they first came into the season, I mean, they were. Mm, I mean, while I mean, while we're talking about it, it all started with you know talking about the NFC South. There's, I mean, there's two guys right there, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, there's three guys in that division right there that have won a Heisman. Did Mariota win a Heisman? Yeah. Did he? Pretty sure he did. I don't know if he did. I'm pretty sure Marcus Mariota won a Heisman. You may be right. I'm just tripping. I, uh, the more I think about it, you think you're right. I mean, there's... there's Heisman, yeah. Yeah, okay. there's three Heisman Trophy winners in that in that division. Jameis won a Heisman? Pretty sure he did the year before. Did he not? I don't know if he did, dude. He might not have. Maybe he was second. Oh, no, we do want a husband. See, there you go. Year before, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. All of them on their second team. Well, I guess Mariota's on his third, but yeah. But they're they're all they're all getting second chances as a starting quarterback somewhere else. Some doing better than some doing better than others. Some doing better than others. Exactly. Um so yeah, I mean the, the transition from, from college to, to the NFL is um it's tough. Matt Rule will end up being a head coach somewhere in college. Um, where that'll be, I don't know. Um, you know, the, I mean, I mean, the thing is, you know, when that role, he's um, so he turned, he he's um, he's the type of guy who you send to a team that hasn't been having a lot of success, and he's a he's a culture shifter. Yeah, he he. I mean, he flipped the Baylor Bears, and he he flipped fucking Temple. He flipped Temple. Um, in all honesty, with that role, I think um, I think the most likely destination for him because this is the thing. 
he's getting he's gonna get paid eight hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a month by the Carolina Panthers for the next forty eight months. Yeah. So you have to, so you're gonna want to have to go to a team that's gonna that's gonna say to Carolina, okay, look, we'll alleviate some of this and throw it into his contract. Like, hey, we'll cover we'll cover eighty five percent of it. You just finish up the final fifteen. Honestly, I think I think the team like a match. This is a match made in heaven for Matt Rule is Nebraska. See, I feel like he wants a little bit more of a. Uh, higher caliber job than Nebraska. I mean, but 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 think about it. I mean, I mean, there's not too many other jobs that are higher caliber than Nebraska, if you ask me. Well, not available right now. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what comes of uh, you know, at the end of the season. I mean, no. Uh, I mean, I just personally, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any team that's higher caliber that's going to be available to him. I mean. Nebraska is one of those teams that, you know, they're they're all they're always regarded as a blue blood in college football. So I mean, you're going to one of the best traditional, tr- traditional wise best programs in the country. That is down on its luck. That needs someone to go in there and just flip the fucking script. And the thing with Nebraska is, what else are they paying for Nebraska? Yeah, nothing. Exactly. They end up with fucking fucking cornfields in Nebraska University. That's fair. So with that said, I think I think they'll just say to Matt Rule, hey, bag, yours. Yeah. Let's go. Alright, let's finish out let's finish out the standings here. So right now the San Francisco 49ers lead the NFC West at three and two. The rest of the division, the Rams, the Cardinals, and surprisingly the Seattle Seahawks are all two and three. Weirdly enough, yeah. So Seattle, that's another team. We had them going three and fourteen, um, so they're they're definitely playing above expectations. Thanks, thanks in large part to Junior Smith. Yeah, the dude is weirdly playing well. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he's playing very very well. But I think I think weirdest of all from the NFL perspective is how bad the Rams look. Oh yeah, they look terrible. Absolutely awful. We talked about it last week. How one, they're just one dimensional on offense. Yeah, they really are. Which is um you know. It, I mean, with all the weapons they have, you know, it's very, very unfortunate um, that, you know, players along the lines of Tyler Higbee, Allen Robinson, soon to be Tutu Atwell, you know, those guys are not getting more of an opportunity because one guy is getting force-fed the ball. It's working. Matt to, Stafford and Cooper Cup are just playing pitch and catch. To an extent, it's working, but they've also scored the thir- third least amount of points in the NFL. If I remember seeing it correctly, Cooper Cup had more receptions than the entire Bears, Bears receiving core. Bears. Their whole team. Yes. Yeah, that's pathetic. He has more catches than um, Justin Fields has completions. That's also pathetic. On both ends, honestly. Well, Justin Fields is not all his fault. Oh, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's fair. Um, so just to give you a quick uh, playoff picture as of right now, five weeks into the season, just because it's fun. Why not? Yeah. Um, right now, Buffalo Bills would have a uh, first-round buy as a number one seed. The Los Angeles Chargers would be heading into Kansas City to play them. The Miami Dolphins. Kansas City would be two? Yes. Okay. Miami Dolphins would be heading in to Tennessee to play the Titans. And the five seed taking on the four seed, the Jets would be heading into Baltimore. Yeah, that would be a shit show of a game. We've already played them once. And we annihilated them. Yeah. And it wasn't close. 
And that was with Joe Flacco quarterback. Now that Zach Wilson's back there, yeah, we're going to body bag. You know, shit. I'm not going to lie to you, though. Zach Wilson's actually he's playing, playing pretty well. He's playing pretty darn good. Yeah. And then in the NFC, um, the Zach, Phil- honestly, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's that guy from the last year's draft class who I kind of expected the least to take that second year to take start taking that jump in his second year. Surprisingly, I, it. I think of all of really the six quarterbacks, if you include Davis Mills, but those six include Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Mac Jones. Um, Zach Wilson's playing the best, if you ask me. I give it to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, the thing with Trevor Lawrence is he's he's relying on. Trevor Lawrence isn't really doing anything different than we didn't see last year. He's just not turning the ball over as much. I mean, Zach Wilson was abysmal last year. Yeah, he was bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. Zach Wilson has made the bigger jump out of uh, the biggest jump out of all of that. That's kind of the argument I'm making. Maybe but, maybe saying playing better was yeah. wrong, but he's definitely taken he's definitely taken a bigger jump. He's made yeah he's made the biggest jump, but. To be fair, the expectations of Trevor Lawrence were also, sky high. Yeah, I mean they were sky high. So, which I I don't think he's playing down. I don't think his expect expectations are playing down. But it's like, oh, this is what we expected. You should be this good. Yeah, you, yeah, you should you should be this good. I mean, he, I mean, he was the slam dunk bona fide number one pick. It's been like it had been that way since his freshman year of college. Yeah, his draft um, class, he was going to be the number one pick. Right. When whenever he inevitably decided to go. To go to the NFL, yep. he was go- he was going to be the number one pick. It wouldn't have been close, right? So in the NFC, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have a first round bye as the number one seed, and as of right now, the Green Bay Packers would be heading into Minnesota, seven playing two there. That would be very very interesting. They've we- already they've already played once this season in Minnesota. In Minnesota, one in Minnesota, one. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay or uh, playoff time. Aaron Rodgers is a lot different than regular season. Aaron Rodgers. Reason behind that, couldn't tell you, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it is different, so that would be a very interesting matchup. Number six taking on number three, the Giants going into Tampa Bay. <sighs> that would be another interesting matchup. So, personally, I don't think that... So, the Giants sitting at 4-1, and one, they're playing very, very good so far. But I don't think they've really played anybody that's like, ooh, Well, I mean, wow. they, they beat the Titans and they beat the Packers. Okay, but this is the thing. They beat the Packers in London. Yeah. Playing in London is so different, especially if you've never done it before. So beating beating Tennessee, they did that. Did they did that week one? Um, I'm not like I'm not trying to discredit what the Giants did going into Tennessee and beating the Titans. That's a very tough thing to do. But week one, you know, still working out some kinks. You know, it could have been um, that could have could have had something to do with it. So here coming up, um, their matchup versus Baltimore. I think this is going to be their first real big big test of the season. I agree. Yeah, um, and then five taking one for the Dallas Cowboys going into San Francisco. Dallas would annihilate them. San Francisco, think so? You think? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Okay, with Cooper Rush at quarterback, or with Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush is playing his way into a starting job next year. I feel bad for Dak Prescott because this is exactly how he took Tony Romo's job. That is very true, but you know the thing with Tony Romo is he was already aging to begin with. Dak Prescott's still relatively young. I agree. So that's the only thing that is working in Dak's favor. Plus, Cooper Rush isn't blowing away the competition. Well, that's I, their their offensive game plan is is run the ball, play good defense, and Cooper Rush just don't fuck it up. Exactly, it's and, working and, though. It's, it's working. It's working. Exactly. Though. It's what you should do with a young quarterback. Don't hand him the reins to a fucking Maserati and expect him not to do 130 miles an hour. And see, the thing with Cooper Rush is he like they're they're. 
now they're at a point they can slowly start to take the training wheels off for him. Well, I think what's hurt, what's also hurting Dak Prescott is Jerry Jones didn't want to pay him $40 million to begin with. Exactly. But now he's getting $40 million. Yeah. This is just another reason for him to move off of it. The only thing is, I don't know how much of that is still guaranteed. Like, I don't know how much of a dead cap hit yeah, I have no idea. They, they would take on. But then again, you know, one thing to think about is, okay, yeah, Cooper Rush is doing really, really good in this offense. You know, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for Dallas, he's really doing a really good job. Like you said, you know, he's giving, he's, he's kind of making this fuck-up proof. Yeah, it's kind of hard to fuck it up. Yeah, j- just like, don't play bad to a point where you're going to just screw us. Right, you know, here come down, come late in the season, and you know it's 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 working out for Dallas. I mean, they're I mean, shit. Um, you know, Dak went down and they lost week one of the season to Tampa Bay, and I think a lot of us really kind of wrote off Dallas. I know I did personally. I'm like, okay, wow. Yeah, I did. You know, six six weeks, five weeks are gonna be without Dak. They could be zero fucking six at that point. They're fucking dead in the water. But you know, here they are. You know, they've ripped off five straight. They just beat the defending Super Bowl champion. Fourth or four and one? Four and one. This is week six. This is week six, I'm sorry. Um so, you know, they're really doing a good job of playing to what Cooper Rush does really, really well. And now I think Cooper Rush is getting more and more confidence. They can start taking the training wheels off and start giving him some big boy plays and let him go out there and really show what he's made of. Yeah, I mean it's time time to put his big boy pants on, go out there and make big boy plays. What are you doing? Yeah, and I mean I mean this week against Philadelphia, you know, this is gonna be a really good test for him. And for that for the Dallas team, you know, to see exactly what they are made of, you know, playing. I mean, they are going to be at home for Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is a complete team. In my opinion, I think they're the best team in football. Yeah, I think they have the least gaps in their uh, in their team. Right. Every th- team has gaps. Yeah. Every team has gaps. I think they have the smallest and the least gaps. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think Buffalo is too far behind them. And honestly, bias, I mean, you can put a lot of buys in this. You know, I don't think the Ravens are too far behind them either. Yeah, I mean, but the Ravens do have their gaps. I mean, they have a little bit of a uh, little bit of injury um, uh, stuff going on. I mean, right. They're waiting for a few guys to get healthy, um, and then just uh, some more consistent production out of the wide receiver position. I'd say that's probably the two biggest gaps on the Ravens. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I would I would definitely agree with you in that aspect. Chiefs don't have a lot of gaps either. One thing about the Chiefs that I will say that's very very surprising to me. Um, you know, I'm really surprised about the lack of production from Drew Smith-Schuster. Yeah, you were big on him in, from a fantasy perspective. And I, I was. I um, know you wanted him in a couple different leagues, and you didn't get him. And I remember the one you literally yelled the F word, probably the loudest I think I've ever heard you yell the F word. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to know your thoughts on if you're you're still. <sighs> yeah, you know, in all, in all honesty, you know, I, I am still a little bit upset about the fact that I don't have Juju Smith-Schuster in, in, in a good bit of my leagues. I do have him in one now, which I am pretty happy about. Maybe not maybe not here in the in, in the short term, but long term, um, you know, he is a guy who I think you're you are gonna want to look for from a fantasy perspective. Because at some point teams just aren't gonna be able to let Travis Travis Kelsey do whatever the hell he wants. My man my man had twenty five yards receiving. But and had four, four touchdowns. touchdowns. Exactly. So I mean, at some point they're gonna have to rely on more production out of the wide receiver position and i mean as like as much as i love to make fun of him and as much as i do not really like him as a like as a person Juju Smith-Schuster is still too talented 
of a football football player oh, to, yeah. to not break out at some point. He's just annoying with all his TikToks. Well, yeah. I mean, if he stopped doing that, I really wouldn't have a problem with it. I like him more than I like Chase Chase Claypool. I don't like him at all. I don't like Chase Claypool whatsoever. I'm all for confidence and like thinking you're the best wide receiver in the league, but you're not even the number three wide receiver. You're the number three wide receiver on your own team. Yeah. He thinks he's number three in the league. You're number three on your team, dude. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, then you. <laughs> right. And don't let Calvin Austin start going off because then he'll be number four. Yeah. And you, the only person you're beating out right now is Miles Boykin. <laughs> yeah. That's not, <laughs> that's not a big accomplishment. Dude. Miles Boykin runs a route like he has two artificial hip replacements. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good Lord. I said it. I meant it. Well, while we're talking about, uh, you know, fantasy and stuff like that, uh, like I said, we have this new fantasy segment we've been trying to do. It's going to be a little different every time. Um, this week, we're going to go um, sell high, buy low. Who are you selling high and who are you buying low? Yeah, so, of course, the sell high and buy low, that all comes, that, like, for, if if you're a little confused of what we're trying to hit that here, that is, um... <clears throat> From a trading perspective, from from a trading perspective, excuse me, hold on. Basically, sell them while they're hot, their name's out there, they're producing well, but you maybe don't see that it's going to be sustainable. And then the buy low perspective is buy them while they're cold, while they're not producing, because eventually they're going to turn it around and they're going to start producing, but you're getting, you're maximizing your value, selling high and buying low. Yeah, and I mean, with with attempting to do this, you know, it's a real cat and mouse game. Sure. Because you think to yourself, okay, well, let me go ahead and trade for this. Let me go ahead and trade him, trade or trade trade somebody or trade for somebody now. Let me go ahead and do that. Case in point, I'm like I'm I'm like me personally, I'm I'm maybe like the worst at trading in fantasy football. Only if it's with me. <laughs> well, you're the only person that is ever dumb enough to do trades with me, and it always works out for you in the long run. Anyway, so am I really the dumb one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I I won a championship once off of doing off of doing a trade. Um, I would have won a championship last year if I didn't do this trade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, you would have. It, it wouldn't have been fucking close. No. I would have won the championship. Yeah, you <laughs> you fucking would have. Um. So, like, last year, perfect example, case in point. I needed help at wide receiver. He came off a really, really good game. I, um, my man here, was pretty heavy at wide receiver, so I, I traded for Calvin Ridley. Thinking to myself, okay, well, this offense, the, he's only going to get hotter and hotter. You know, Kyle Pitts isn't really catching the touchdowns. They're kind of going more so to the receivers, and he's the best receiver on that team. So I'm thinking, okay, this is all going to work out for me in the end. And I was pretty heavy at running back. You were pretty thin. You needed some help. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, only player I don't want to trade you is Saquon Barkley. Um, you can have your pick between Leonard Fournette, James Robinson, and Jonathan Taylor. I wisely picked Jonathan Taylor. Chose Jonathan Taylor. Right. I mean, like, it ended up working out for me because Leonard Fournette eventually turned into the number five running back in fantasy. And James Robinson did halfway fucking decent. Yeah. Saquon got hurt, which was the one player I didn't want to move. And, of course, Jonathan Taylor had one of the best rushing seasons of the last ten years. I chose wisely. (laughs) He chose wisely. And, of course, Calvin Ridley didn't play for me after that because he had some mental health issues that he had uh to take care of exactly and then so, he started 
sports gambling. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so really, when it comes when it comes down to doing trades, I may not be the best person to take advice from personally. Oh heavens, you're starting this this segment off strong. Yeah, but but with that said, a player that I'm a player that I would sell high if you have the opportunity to. That player would be Josh Jacobs. Okay. Um. So from es from ESPN, back to back weeks, Josh Jacobs has put up over thirty points. Oh wow! So I mean, he, like he's having two back to back very very productive games. Um. Let's see if I can give a game log here of how he's done his past two games. <clears throat> so, so to start out the season, he really started off pretty slow. Um. Running for 57 yards on 10 attempts, 69 yards on 19 attempts, and 66 yards on 13 attempts. Well, then against Denver, he blows up for 144 and two touchdowns. And last week against the Chiefs, he goes for 154 and one touchdown. Uh huh. He's also he's also getting some looks out of the backfield as well. He's caught five passes in three straight games. So he does add some value as far as PPR goes. But then again, at the same time, this Raiders offense is not good. No, they're not very good at all. The, the team in general is not very good. So, from a, so for a running back who doesn't really catch the ball as often as you would like from a fantasy football, from a PPR perspective, somebody who's just a strictly, strictly running the ball and not catching it isn't really as valuable as somebody who can catch the ball as well. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I would try to I would try to trade Josh Jacobs if if I had the opportunity, just because. So right now I think he sits as, as the number three running back in fantasy according to ESPN. Um, I would try to trade him for somebody who, may be underperforming a little bit, but is a little bit more sustainable. Um, so I mean somebody along the lines of like Mike Williams, Mike Williams, and like another like. B tier back, like a like a, a lower end RB two, a higher end RB or like a higher end RB two, a lower end RB one, yeah, and uh, and a wide receiver if you could, um, maybe a one for one deal, um, somebody like um, if you could convince somebody to do it, Nick Chubb, that that that's just me throwing a name out there. I don't think anybody in their right mind would fucking trade Nick Chubb. No, I can't imagine a world in which, where somebody treats Nick Chubb. But um, you know, one for one, um, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Okay, that wouldn't be something that's too bad. Um, but Josh Jacobs, I don't, I don't think his production is going to be sustainable, especially not one forty four, one fifty four. Josh Jacobs is a very, very talented back. His rookie year, I was very, very high on him. I took him very high in my draft, and he actually paid off really, really well for me. So I've always been a fan of Josh Jacobs personally. But with that said, I don't think 300 yards in two games is sustainable for him. No. No, no, no. He's not going to he's not going to maintain that pace. No. No. Right now he's number 3 he's number 3 for running the ball in the league. So he's playing very very well. Um he had his fifth year option decline, so he's playing for a contract. But like I said, I don't think the Raiders are that good of a team now at this point. I mean, the sample size is large enough. We've seen them for five games. Right. We, you know what you're getting out of them. Yeah, you have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro running into each other while the game's on the line. Right, exactly. 
Um, I mean, Dar- Darren Waller's fucking MIA. Derek Carr is playing is playing is playing pretty well from a real football standpoint. Yeah, he's not he's but not from, doing too bad. But from a fantasy standpoint, it's not all it's not all there unless he's throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. It's not there. So, and this is not a running team. No. If this was a running team, I would say okay, boom, I'm good. Yeah, this guy right here, maybe you even want to trade for him. But, um, Josh Jacobs is a guy who I'm looking to sell high. Okay. Who who you buying low? I forget who I said. Hold on, Najee. Not yeah. Okay, so Najee Harris. So so th- so this is a guy who um his offense is worse than the Raiders. Yeah, it is. I'll be the fir- I'll be the first one to say that. But I mean, everybody saw what Najee Harris was able to do last year when he was given the touches. I mean, not only did he have the most touches out of any rookie running back in the NFL, he had the most touches out of anybody in the NFL last year. Well, yeah, I mean, he was catching the ball out of the backfield. That's just an alarming rate. Like, Ben Roethlisberger was just dumping it down to him every second play of the drive. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that I will say about Kenny Pickett, um, you know, I was able to watch a little bit of the game where he was playing against the Bills, and they were giving him all sorts of fucking fits. I'm not going to lie. But he was looking downfield. He was looking downfield, and I think Kenny Pickett is also smart enough. He knows that when the that when the check down is there, just take it. Take it. Just take it. Exactly. See, my and I mean, my my big reason why for taking Najee Harris is so is so concrete is that there's not a lot of depth behind, like there is depth behind him at the running back position in Pittsburgh. Who Benny Snell? Exactly. Anthony McFarlane. Guys who don't put fear in the hearts of opponents. Yeah, I'm not worried about either one of those guys. But Najee Harris is the type of guy who, you know, he has the speed. And he has the power. He played for Nick Saban for a reason. Exactly. He was a first. He was a first round running back out of Alabama for a reason. I hate playing against Alabama running backs. Well, most of them are so good. Yeah, but you know, I would I would definitely be looking to trade for Najee Harris. Uh huh. Um, just because at some point the production is the production is going to ramp back up. You're not wrong. And the thing at this point is, he's playing like a lower-end RB2. So you could trade him for a lower-end RB2. Like, honestly, if you, like, if you came to me and you said, okay, how about this? I'll give you, if I'm like, if you give me someone at a position in need, if you're needy at wide receiver, it doesn't have to be anybody spectacular. Right. As long as it's somebody who's going to give me production. If you're going to give me a run, if, like a position that, Position of need, wide receiver, tight end. If you're going to give me one of those two things and a back in return, I'll have, like, and you take Najee Harris, that's a trade. I, that, like, I'd be okay with that because I think a lot of people at this point now, they're like, wow, Najee Harris in the first round, he's doing this? Right. Son of a bitch, let me move off of him. At least the running back that I'm getting now will give me at least seven to eight points a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe score a touchdown. And I get another position of need where I don't have to worry about scraping the bottom of the barrel. Right. Okay, and over, that all works out. And I get rid of Najee Harris. That's all fine with me. But then Najee pops off towards the end of the season. At some point, the production for Najee Harris is going to ramp up. The, like I said, the offense, is not, the offense is not that good. I mean, outside, outside, of the, outside of the wide receivers. Their offensive line is 
awful. The offensive line's not good. And one thing about Alabama running backs, they know how to make a like a little bit of they know how to make nothing into something. And Najee, I think Najee Harris is too damn good not to be averaging four yards a carry. Yeah, he'll make a he'll make a little something out of a lot of nothing. Yeah, so I mean, at some point, the production will turn around for Najee Harris. Um, I don't even know where he's at in rushing stats. I couldn't tell you. Um, while you look that up, I'll tell you my sell high person. Good lord! Did you find it? He's at two hundred and twenty-two yards. That's pretty bad. 222 yards, yeah. That's pretty bad. Through uh, through five weeks. Yeah. Oof. On 69 carries. Oof. Touches are there. And he's only scored one touchdown. Yeah, the touches are there. The, the production's just not coming the, along with it. And trust me, it, like, it, it'll, 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 it'll start to pick up. It really will. I don't know how many catches he has. Um, I'm about to pull it up now. Pause for station identification. We don't. We're not on a station. <laughs> There's nothing to identify. Um, you dingo. So I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he's been catching passes. He's only, had, he's only had one game where he hasn't caught a pass, and that was against the Jets. But two catches against Cincinnati, five against New England, three against Cleveland, three against Buffalo. Hmm. So it's there. It's definitely there. Um, I mean, his least amount of rushing yards or rushing attempts is ten. 10, 11, 15, 15, 18. The more touches he gets, the more productive he gets. Yeah. That's just like, that's just, that's just easy numbers. So eventually the, it, it will turn around for Najee Harris. So if you have the opportunity to buy him low, I would. Yeah. I, I think, I think he could, he could flip it around here. My guy that I got, I got, um, oh, I didn't mean to play this video. Hold on. Get out of here. My guy that I'm selling high. I know you didn't necessarily agree with it. Um, I'm selling uh, Marquise Brown high. Right now, he is, uh, in, in most leagues, he's probably the number six ranked receiver. Um, he's currently has 38 catches on 55 targets, 417 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I mean, he's balling out right now in Arizona. There's one problem with that. DeAndre Hopkins comes back next week. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if you can consistently see, um, Consistently see that uh, that production stay there for Marquise Brown. Sell him while he's high. I mean, right now, I don't know that you're gonna get. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna get much more for Hollywood Brown in a trade in fantasy football than what you would if you got a, if you traded him now. I mean, he could potentially stay at this. You know, stay pretty similar to these uh, to these numbers. And like I said, my man's. <laughs> My man has, was it, 55 targets on the season through five games? He's averaging 11 targets a game. That's damn good. Yeah. Week one against Kansas City, four catches on six targets. Against Las Vegas, six catches on 11 targets. Against the Rams, 14 catches on 17 targets. That's not sustainable. Um, against Carolina, six catches on 11 targets. Against Philly, eight catches on 10 targets. Okay. Sorry. Um. I personally, I don't see that that is sustainable for Marquise. Um, so I personally, I would try to sell him now, sell him high, get a lot back for him. I think that would be the best, uh, best thing for you. I know you don't. I know you don't personally agree. Sorry, you're in shambles over there. I am. Yeah, I'm better now. Good. <laughs> and then uh, my buy low person, 
who I bought last year, Jonathan Taylor. You know, before 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 you two keep going, you know, I one one thing that I will say about before, um before we two, hmm? you said before you two keep going. <laughs> like I said, I'm who not, else is here? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm in shambles right now. <laughs> before you do keep going, I mean, Marquise Brown. One thing that one thing that I will say about him is that the fact that he was teammates with John with Jonathan Taylor, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray in college, they do have that rapport. Absolutely. Even though DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, I still think he is going to be a guy that is relied upon. Maybe the 11 targets a game isn't something that's sustainable, but then again, he did the same thing in Baltimore, you know, with Mark Andrews being there. Yeah. So, I, I, I can make the argument either way. Trade him, don't trade him. I, but to, to your credit, if you do trade him, you will get a good haul back. Yeah, you're getting a lot of return yeah. on investment. And it, it like it personally like hey like if I had Hollywood Brown I'm looking to get Jonathan Taylor right now that's my that's my sell high buy low kind of thing hey I can give you the number six wide receiver in fantasy football right now for Jonathan Taylor and another piece yeah Jonathan Taylor was probably the number one overall pick in most leagues yeah not in every league and I know that for a fact because I took Christian McCaffrey number one overall in at least two of them <laughs> so I know for a fact it was not every league but as of right now. Jonathan Taylor in most leagues is looking at probably around 20, 21 ranking in, in fantasy football. Um, now, now, granted, he did miss um, last week against Denver. So he has missed a week. Um, but, I mean, man, week one, 31 carries, which is an astronomical number, um, for 161 yards, one touchdown. He also had four catches for 14 yards. I mean, it had a good week there. But then against Jacksonville, he only had nine carries. Put up nine points in this league. Then he had 21 carries for 71 yards, 20 carries for 42 yards against Tennessee. Missed a week against Denver. Right now, Jonathan Taylor is not looking great. Now, granted, most people aren't probably going to trade Jonathan Taylor. But while he's not performing, he was most people's number one overall pick, if not absolutely a top three pick. He's not performing as a top three pick in a draft. People get impatient. Yeah. Why not? Just test the waters. Put an offer out there. See if you can't get Jonathan Taylor for, for, for something. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's options. Like the whole, you, you want Josh Jacobs. Get rid of Josh Jacobs for Jonathan Taylor. Josh Jacobs is performing right now. Jonathan Taylor is not. Jonathan Taylor will be performing towards the end of the season. Josh Jacobs may or may not. Yeah, I mean, whole thing, whole thing with fantasy football is, is what, what are you going to do in order to help me win? What do you, it's, it's basically, what are you doing now? Exactly. What are you doing now, and is this encouraging to me? Exactly. So, I mean, that's why, that's why you get a lot of people buying, buying low, trying to sell high. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, there are guys we could we could really go on and on about guys who you know you could be looking to trade for. Um, I mean, I I th- I think another guy who you're gonna who you're gonna buy buy low on. I think two guys really, based on what based on what they're gonna be able to do later on in the season. I think that's Kyle Pitts. I think it's Drake London. Okay. I think those are two. I think those are two guys who they do have the potential to be in the upper echelon of. 
of their positions just because there's really nobody else in Atlanta to throw the ball to. That's fair. Kyle Pitts has been a bust so far yeah. this season. I mean, Kyle, I mean, in most drafts, Kyle Pitts was the fourth tight end taker off the board. Right now, I'm pretty sure there's 24 tight ends ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, he's Which been is a, crazy. He's been a bust so far this season. But then again, at the same time, you know, the production will come. It will. I mean, I mean, same thing with fucking um, with Najee Harris. He's too talented to not have the production be there. Right. So at some point, things will turn around. Kyle Pitts is 23rd in this league. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, like, like, I, like I, was, I was talking to our friend who has him. He's pissed that he has him. Mm-hmm. He's, looking to make tr- he's looking to make a trade at tight e- for a tight end, which I'm entertaining. Might as well. Might as well entertain it. Well, let's hop over. Um, let's do our uh, our money line and our spread for this week. Okay. Um, who do you got? What do you got for me? Um, <clears throat> uh, I gotta pull the matchups back up just so I know just so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, give me a second. You catch me off guard. Uh, do you want me to go? Yeah. You okay. first. So uh, this weekend, the Jets are traveling out to Lambeau to take on the Packers. Oh, wow. Um, that line is seven and a half. Hmm. Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite at home. I like the Jets at plus seven and a half at minus 115, according to DraftKings. I'm not saying that the Jets are going to win this game or I would have picked their money line because that would have been a much favorable odd for hmm. me. But do I think the Jets can keep this relatively close against the Packers and lose by a touchdown or less? I do. I think the Jets can not lose by eight or more points. I agree. One thing about the Packers following a loss, and um, the Pat McAfee show kind of alluded to it, but they were going over their picks. They cover the spread every time after a loss. Since Matt LaFleur's gotten to Green Bay. Uh, that's fair. They've also had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams that will then hook up for 15 receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns. That's very true. That's not the case anymore. Yep. This is not, this that is, is very true. This is not the Packers team um, that we are all used to watching. That is very true. Um, and the Jets are scrappy little assholes over there. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. <laughs> they are. So I like the Jets at plus seven and a half. Like I said, I'm not taking the Jets to win. Um, or I would have taken their money line, but I do like them not to lose by eight or more points. So, so the spread that I'm going to end up taking this week, at, sitting a plus two and a half um, on the road to Indianapolis, I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Um, until Indianapolis beats the Jaguars, I'm going to continue taking the Jaguars. Yeah, for some reason, they just have their number. The Colts have not beaten the Jaguars in three years. The Colts also look like shit this season. They do. They do. I'm sorry for any Colts fans that may listen to this, but I mean, I mean, they're going to be missing uh, Shaq Leonard. Yep, he's not playing, and they're missing Quiddy Pay. Yep, so those are two very, very important pieces on that Colts defense. Um, I mean, they, I mean, I think, I mean, yes, the Colts are getting are getting that extra rest after that shootout of a game versus Denver. Yeah, that well, was a barn burner last Thursday. Um, so I mean, I mean, their defense did a very, very good job of, of um, you know, keeping. Denver's offense at bay, which is not entirely difficult. I'm pretty sure a high school team can do that at this point. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but with that said, um, 
the Jaguars the Jaguars offense is a lot different. Yeah. A lot more dynamic. A little more explosive. <laughs> a smidgen more. Just a scooch. Yeah. A scooch? Just a scooch. <laughs> a scooch. Okay, I like that. What did, what did you think I said? I thought you said scooch. I, just, I was just making sure you said it. Yeah, I said scooch. Um, uh, from, a, uh, from a money line perspective, this is going to be a little bit of a shocker. Okay. Sitting at, according to DraftKings, which we're about to be switching over to FanDuel. Yes. And here, I can't fucking wait. Here shortly. Here very, very, very shortly. Which for, is fine, because if we're just being honest, I do all my betting on FanDuel anyway, but I think you still use DraftKings, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll, I'll cave, we'll use DraftKings odds. I, I, yeah, I, I do for now, until FanDuel's approved in Maryland, which I think will happen by the end of the month. It's, it's coming shortly. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen by the end of the month. Um, so according to, according to DraftKings, sitting at a whopping plus 340, I'm taking the Panthers to beat the Rams. Really? I am. Yeah. I think, um, who is, who just got promoted to coach? Steve Wilkes. I think it was their defensive coordinator, wasn't it? Or a special teams coach? No, their, their defensive coordinator left with Matt Rule. Oh, what an idiot. Steve Wilkes, did he have that show that was on after Mari Povich? What? I'm kidding. There was there was a guy that had like a like Mari Povich esque show. Steve, I couldn't remember his last name, so I just made a joke about it. That's a Steve Wilco show. What's the difference? <laughs> a lot. Not really. Um. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Carolina here coming up. Um. So of course no Baker Mayfield this week. So PJ Walker's gonna be going against that Rams defense. The thing is, the Rams at this point have nothing to lose. And I don't know that they can win. They uh, well, <laughs> they ha- they have absolutely nothing to fucking lose. I think that I think they know their season's over. I think half of anybody that's worth a fuck is going to get traded just to just to uh, accumulate some draft picks. We saw a report earlier today that Brian Burns is damn near a fucking lock to get traded by the deadline. Yeah. So I mean, if Brian Burns is able to be moved, who's one of the Who's one of the best defensive players that are on the draft or draft on the team? No one's safe. No one's really safe. No honestly, one's no one's safe. Exactly. Um, so I think, um, and plus the Rams are bad. The Rams don't look good. I think that just proves that what they were doing, like just pissing away draft picks, bringing in players, it's not, it's sustainable. not sustainable. It's not sustainable. You won a Super Bowl on it, and it worked. Great. Great. Good for you. Good for you. Mission accomplished. Yes, exactly. Can't sustain it. I mean, I mean, perfect example. I mean, I mean, these unconventional ways of building your team—they're just not sustainable. Perfect example. Go back to the early two thousands with Moneyball Baseball. Yep. That's what the Red Sox did. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox just found all those guys that were like obscure people that people overlooked all the time, and they won a world, they won World Series uh, series off of it. That's great. The Orioles were something to contend with when they were hitting home run after home run after home run, mm-hmm. and it worked. The Warriors spent into the fucking luxury tax. They won four championships in six years. It worked. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's just, I mean, eventually, eventually um, Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors, is going to say, fuck this. I'm done paying this tax. Eventually, I don't know when that's going to happen, but eventually he's going to say, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. Same thing with the Rams. Eventually you need to add that a new young influx to your roster in order to continue to be competitive. 
if I could be honest, I haven't watched a ton of Rams football, but from what I have seen, I'm actually really happy we did not get Bobby Wagner. He's about he's he just called a charge too. Did he? I don't even know what his numbers look like. Uh, well, yeah, Bobby Wagner tackled that streaker on the field, and then they filed a police report. Oh yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is too. That's that's some horseshit. Let's see. Bobby Wagner has thirty nine total tackles on the season, fifth or two sacks, and uh, one pass defend. Mm. That's it. That's Bobby Wagner's stats so far. It's not great. It's not great. Right now, Bobby Wagner is 28th in the league in tackles. Hmm. So, dude, I'll be honest. He kind of looks he kind of looks a little slow, looks a little sluggish out there. He doesn't look great. I'm actually not mad that Bobby Wagner, if this is the Bobby Wagner that was going to come over to Baltimore, I'm happy he chose L.A. But then again, I mean, it, like, it, could have, it could have something to do with the fact that there's not a lot of motivation on that team. Yeah. Yeah, well, he even said that it's just the. Uh, it was a little bit of like closer to home for him. But everyone has said just that LA locker room. It's so relaxed, right? Like they're just chilling. Like it's a bunch of guys that just want to show up and, and play football, and that's great. But uh, and see, see the uh, the the biggest problem for the Rams is they won last year. Oh yeah, so they think they're king shit, and they can just now like, they have nothing. Now they're like, well, fuck it, we won. Right, whatever. Right, cool. We're in good shape. Well, my money line is uh is the Vikings over the Dolphins at minus okay. 165. Skylar Thompson, a quarterback for the Dolphins. Yeah. No Teddy Bridgewater. No Tua Tugavaloa. Um, a lot of you, like, like Holman just said Skylar Thompson's name. A lot of you, a lot of you are probably thinking, who the hell is Skylar Thompson? Uh, he's rookie out of Kansas State. <laughs> exactly. He, he's from KSU. Most of you guys probably didn't know it unless you watch Big 12 football. I only know it because I'm an Oklahoma fan, and we played Skylar Thompson. I know, a, I know a lot about college football. I don't know who Skylar Thompson is. Right. He's a rookie. Um, I couldn't even tell you what round he was drafted in. He's a rookie out of Kansas State. That's all I could tell you. Probably wasn't drafted. He probably was undrafted. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what I got there. Like I said, Jets at plus uh, 7.5, minus 115. Vikings at minus 165. Um, We've talked about it. We're both high, very high on the Vikings this year. We think they're, we both think that they're going to win the NFC North. Um, they could fuck around and be the one or two seed in the NFC too, mm-hmm. depending on how shit goes with the with the Eagles. If Vikings could slip in and take that number one seed. They might just you know mess around and stay at the number two seed. Which good on the Vikings. Yeah, for sure. Good on the Vikings. Um, now let's let we've alluded a little bit to Matt Rule being fired and everything. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, I wanted to touch on a few uh, on a few other potential job openings um, coming up next season. So we've both been adamant on the fact that uh, Bill Belichick is going to be retiring after this season. So I believe that the Patriots head coaching job will be available. Six openings. You're going six, including Matt Rule. Including Matt Rule. I said I said five before the show started. Okay. I for, I for, I, for, I forgot we're, we're having Billy Bob retire. So the Bills. The Patriots, or not the Bills? Christ, Panthers. I was I was about to say it's because you said Bill again, and it got me it got okay, me sidetracked. It. Uh, the Panthers, the Patriots. I personally think the Commanders' head coaching job is going to be available. I agree. I believe Ron Rivera's gone. Um, I personally think Robert Sala is gone as well. No, nope. you think he sticks? I do. Yeah. Okay. The 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 tide is starting to shift. I, I hope for his sake it is. The tide, like, 
they're buying in. Okay. They're, 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 I, I, from, from what I've seen, they're buying in in New York. Okay. I like it. Um, I personally think Brandon Staley is gone. You and I are always going to disagree on that. We're always going to disagree on that. Um, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to end up being gone. Okay. I'll give you that one. Um, I think there's a real shot that Mike McCarthy is going to be gone for Dallas. If they collapse. If they collapse. Um, and then I'm, I'm curious who else you have. Okay, so um, so I got Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. He's one. I have Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, okay. Of course, the Panthers job. Yep. I have the Colts. Okay, Frank Reich. I can I, see it. I have Frank Reich being available. Absolutely. Um... I have New England being available. Yep. The, and this this one is probably going to um this one I I I genuinely think this is probably going to happen. Okay. I see Pete Carroll? No. Okay. Pete Carroll retires. I could see it as well. Okay. That was not the one I was alluding to though. Okay. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, dude, I can see it. I think I think the job in Denver is going to be open. Um I th- so so yes, Josh McDaniels' team does not look great, but the expectations in Denver were sky high. They're supposed to win a Super Bowl this year. They, I mean, everybody's always said Denver is a quarterback, a competent quarterback away from a Super Bowl. Two Thursdays ago, I think the Denver Broncos would have been better off with Drew Locke than they were with Russell Wilson. <sighs> That's saying something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. Granted, it's it has since came out that Russell Wilson's been dealing with an injury, some sort of uh, lat injury. Which, if that's the case, okay, that shit hurts. That 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 shit fucking hurts. So okay, you're playing like shit. You're hurt. Okay, no okay. problem. He got an injection. He should be fine now. Should be. Should. Big should, should. Big should. Should be. He'll be better. He should be feeling better. Maybe not fine, but feeling better. Yeah. Okay. Expectations are so sky high for that team. Josh McDaniels' team, the, sci- the expectations were not sky high. Everybody thought Devontae Adams and Derek Carr would kill what just dominated this league. They're playing good. They're playing really, really good as a pair. But yeah. the rest of the team is lacking. Yeah. So, with that said, Josh McDaniels is safe, in my opinion. He's at least going to get two seasons. At least. Season and a half. Minimum. If they come out stinking the t- tits next year, I don't even know what that means. They got to be like God, like God awful abysmal if they're going to fire him halfway through the year. Next year. Like halfway through next year. Right, right, right. That, 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 that's what I'm saying. If he, gets like one, if he starts off like one and six next season, <laughs> gone. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that noise was either. That's the sound of him being gone. <laughs> it sounded like. Donald Duck just broke his leg. But I think Nathaniel Hackett's on is is coaching his way to being out. Dude, I, I'm not convinced he makes it to the end of the season with just how abysmal the Broncos are just situationally as it or like as a team, preparedness, like just everything about it. Nathaniel Hackett's just kind of like, yeah, you know, we just gotta do better. You know, we just gotta we just gotta um, you know, turn some of those uh miscues into positives. And I mean, you know, we're just a few plays away from just really being like the best team in football. And you know what? We're gonna work on those. We're gonna work on those as a team, you know, all of us, myself included. It's like Nathaniel, I don't wanna hear that. 
Just shut up. Like, but he talks that way. Like he's real. Like he's real positive, real upbeat, real woo, real. You know, he talks real fast, which we talk fast. We do. And like end of the day, I don't need you to talk fast. All I need you to do is just go out and fucking prove it. Yeah, and I mean, they got that Walmart money. Walmart's getting real pissed off with Nathaniel Hackett over there. And that's why I think they'll end up moving off of him, because if, because I think expectations are sky high there Yeah, from the ownership group. Like, hey, we had Nathaniel Hackett. Now we have Russell Wilson. Uh-huh. I don't think Russell Wilson's the issue. I don't either. I really don't, because, I mean, yes, he's like, he, he should have thrown that fucking ball to, to KJ Hammer. I think he was trying to. I think he saw him late. I do. I, think, I do think he saw him late, but he I think he was trying. Late. I think he was trying to get that ball to KJ Hamler, and Cortland Sutton was like, "I got this." Yeah, Cortland Sutton, you ain't got it. Um. Also, I will. I will cut Nathaniel Hackett a little bit of a break and put a little bit of the blame onto Russell Wilson for the fact that Russell Wilson does not have a deep ball this year. He has lost all ability to throw a deep ball. Which was like the best part of his game, which coming into this but, season. But then again, like if you're dealing with a shoulder injury, that would explain why it's more of a back injury than well, a shoulder injury. Still. But still, part of the throwing motion, the lats are still getting engaged. Yeah. So, um, right. I but to to some of Nathaniel Hackett's credit, Russell Wilson forgot how to throw a deep ball. That teardrop yeah. that he was throwing in Seattle. Just drop it right over the shoulders, right in the bread basket. It was indefensible, and it was just a beautiful thing to watch. Unless it happened against your team, and then you were pissed. Yeah, and you know, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, he's going to a team that... Has weapons. And probably better weapons. Probably all around better weapons, yeah. Yeah. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were a little streaky. There There was like game stretches where DK Metcalf popped the hell off, and then there was stretches where Tyler Lockett popped the hell off. And then there were stretches where it's like, where did our receivers go? Yeah, but then again, at the same time, like like between Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and KJ Hamler, I mean, all in all, I think that's a better receiving core than it is in. Oh, absolutely, I'd agree with you. And I mean, even with having Melvin Gordon and having um, Javante Williams, of course, before he got hurt, I mean, what they had on what they had on the offensive side of the ball is just it's night and day compared to what was in. I mean, even the offensive line is better. Absolutely, in Denver, defense is significantly better too. Oh my god! Just, yeah, just I, I agree. I do agree. Um, and I think one guy. So this, this is the guy I kind of alluded to it before we started recording. Um, I think there's going to be one guy who should have had a head coaching job last year that did not get it for some reason got overlooked. Uh. But I think he's going to be the most sought after head coach candidate in the NFL in this upcoming season. Any guesses on who it is? I have a few guys who I can think of. Give me two. On who you think, I think, is going to be the most sought-after head coaching candidate. Is he currently coaching in the NFL? Yes. So that does rule out Sean Payton. Although I do think Sean Payton is going to get some some, uh, interview offers from a few teams. All right, I'm going to go with two guys. I'm going to go with Dan Quinn. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Kellen Moore. Okay. Neither one of those. Okay. Byron Leftwich. Okay, that doesn't shock me. I think Tom Brady's done after this season. I think Byron Leftwich should have had that head coaching job in Tampa Bay over Todd Bowles. That's just me. Oh. I think with the league pivoting to an offensive league, 
offensive-minded coaches are doing very, very well in this league, where defensive coaches, most of them, are sort of struggling a little bit. I think uh, Byron Leftwich, being uh, a former player, being the offensive coordinator down there in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, all those weapons, everything like that. I think with Nathaniel Hackett being gone, that'd be a very good place for him. I think, personally, I think Brandon Staley is gone. I know you disagree. I think if Byron Lefkowitz went out to L.A. and was the head coach of the Chargers, I think that would make the Chargers make leaps and bounds to be better. Um, I think Byron Lefkowitz would do very, very well for the Commanders. See, this is the, th- this is the thing that this is the thing with, um, with the Chargers. They're playing too well to fire him. My thing with that, though, is they're coming up on the end of Justin Herbert's rookie deal. So they're going to have to pay him coming up. I think, what, next year is his fifth-year option? Or two years from now is his fifth-year option? They can accept it this coming offseason, which will be heading into his fourth year. Okay, so they have two more seasons of Justin Herbert on his fifth year on his rookie deal. Okay. Which means you still have a little bit of cap space to spend. You still have some flexibility to keep pieces around him. Your window to win is now. Because mm. once you have to pay your quarterback, keeping talent on the team is significantly harder. I mean, we've seen it with the Chiefs. They gave um, they gave Patrick Mahomes a big deal, and then they were struggling to kind of keep talent around him. Eventually, Tyron Matthew was a cap casualty. They couldn't afford to keep him around. They weren't going to be able to afford Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in the NFL. They had to get rid of him. Um, we've seen it with uh, with the Rams just pissing away money. Doesn't It's not sustained success. The Packers giving uh, Aaron Rodgers a $50 million a year deal lose Devontae Adams. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, <clears throat> There's a lot of evidence to prove that once you pay your quarterback that huge deal, you struggle to keep talent on the team at the most important positions. Star wide receiver is one of them. You need a, you need a star quarterback. You need, a, you need a top-tier left tackle. You need an edge rusher, and you need a corner. There's really, there's really five positions that you're like, I need a star. Yeah. Those are the those are the five positions. Unless you're the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa is your quarterback, then you need a start right tackle. See, throws lefty. But, yes. <clears throat> but, eh, eh, I don't know. I think, I think the Chargers understand that the window is closing. Yeah. On Justin Herbert's, um, on their opportunity to win a, a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert, um, and I think they might actually pivot to an offensive coach. So one guy that I will give you that I will give you a name for who I who I would honestly look out for. Um, you know it's it, this is kind of going to be a good pivot in the, into our into our next subject. Okay. Um, it's a guy who would be shocking uh, to most, but I think um, would honestly could honestly be a pretty good hire. Is uh, Josh Hopple, passing game coordinator at Tennessee? Okay. Right now, what he, what he's doing with, especially with Herndon Hooker. Yeah. I mean, what 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 he's doing with with a guy who honestly was on anybody's radar 
this upcoming season. I really had no expectations on Tennessee and Hendon Hooker. Now he's playing his way into a first round pick. Oh yeah, he he very well could be. He, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he definitely is. I mean, I mean, right now, I mean, he's the number. I mean, for me personally, this upcoming week, I think all of the spotlights on him. I agree. I do agree with that. All of the spotlights on Herndon, Herndon Hooker because C.J. Stroud's not playing this week. C.J. Stroud's not playing. Caleb Williams does have a has a has a tough opponent, and then of course Bryce Young he has a tough opponent as well in Tennessee. Um, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell your voice is slowly just declining here. Yeah, you I mean, hit a you hit a wall with it. Yeah, I mean I'm, it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm I'm pushing through. I'm trying my best. I appreciate it. They appreciate it. The fans appreciate it. I do my best. Um. <laughs> Thank you. I just had to throw it in there for you. Uh-uh. Jazz you up a little. But the thing with Herndon Hooker is, is that, you know, Bryce Young is that guy who 1A, 1B with C.J. Stroud. Caleb Williams, he's a guy who, when he inevitably comes out of college, he will be a top 10 pick. Yeah, two drafts from now. You know, Herndon Hooker is really the guy who's really coming out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And he's playing his way up to first round. He could potentially be the third quarterback taken in the draft. He's playing potentially. He's playing. He's playing his way into without without a doubt making this first round incredibly quarterback heavy. Yeah, it was going to be C.J. Stroud. It was going to be Bryce Young. Uh, that that cat um out of Kentucky. Will Levis. Will Levis. Anthony Richardson. Out of Florida. Herndon Hooker may have played himself above Anthony I th- Richardson. I think. Oh, well, I mean, Anthony Richardson is going to be a first round pick regardless. But Herndon Hooker's really playing his way into the first round. But from from a Heisman perspective, this this game is so important for Herndon Hooker. Right now at this point, if Alabama loses this game, Bryce Young does not slip at all in the Heisman. It's Hendon Hooker, not Herndon. Hendon, I'm sorry. I, I, I always want to put the R, an R in his first name. <laughs> I just looked at him like, wait a minute, it's Hendon. Yeah. So... If Alabama loses this game, it's because of Hendon Hooker. Yes. It's not anything that they're going to do, because Alabama's going to come come to the game. They're going to come very, very prepared. Oh, they're going to come correct. They're going to come correct. They're going to come ready to play Tennessee. Uh, without a doubt. But if Tennessee wins this game, this I mean, this is without a doubt the biggest game for Hendon Hooker's career so far. If if he comes out and he shows out against this Alabama defense, who and this might be the best Alabama defense that they've had in the last ten years, hmm. star wise, like the like the players they have on that back end, the players. I mean, fucking Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, Will Anderson's gonna be a top five pick in the in the draft. Right. I mean, I mean, he's the best. Be, he's gonna be the best defensive player to come out of Alabama, maybe ever. Think so? Maybe ever. C.J. Mosley. He's going to be 10 times better than C.J. Mosley. Marlon Humphrey. He's power bound. Patrick Sertan. Not close. I'm just trying to think. Deron Payne. Not close. Uh, Jonathan Allen might be the best cop. Jonathan Allen. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's going to be better than Jonathan Allen. I don't know. There's some, there's some dogs from Bama in the NFL. There, there is, but I think Will Anderson's going to at, at least at least in recent memory, 
Will Anderson is going to be the best player coming out of Alabama on the defensive side of the, defensive side of the ball. But if Hendon Hooker goes out and shows out against Alabama, not only does he play his way, I think, into the, into the leader for the Heisman, but I think, he's, I think he launches Tennessee into the college football playoff. At least into the top four. Maybe not definitively, but they are right there in the top four. And it's their position to take. It, it still will be two SEC teams, in my opinion, going to the college football playoff, except it won't be Georgia and Bama. Well, I mean, we said it last week that Tennessee's playing their way into the they into are. the SEC championship. They, they really, really are. And with, and with this game coming up here for them against Alabama, you know, Bryce Young may not be playing. I think this is like a this is. And I mean, Alabama struggled last week against A and M. Yeah, they did. They re- and Tennessee's better than A and M. Tennessee's going to come correct. I think they're going to come out and they're going to really shot. They're going to put. This is this is their stamp. Mm-hmm. They're going to put the college football world on fucking notice, and they're going to say, "Look at us." Will Anderson over Minka Fitzpatrick too? Yeah, not close. Okay, I'm just checking in with you. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see, but yeah, I agree. Uh, Tennessee against Bama this week. That's going to be a, a tomorrow. That's going to be a great matchup. Um, I believe that they're playing at three thirty. I think that's kickoff tomorrow. Um, so they got the the middle of the day slot. Um. Uh, I can tell you when it's going to be. Uh, yes. Pause 3.30. For, pause for station notification. Once again, don't have one. Saturday at 3.30 on CBS. Yeah. Uh, so right now, college football rankings, Georgia's number one, Ohio State's number two, Bama's three, Clemson is four, Michigan is five, Tennessee is six. With a win against Alabama, I think Clemson... Or Clemson, Christ, what the hell does Clemson have to do with anything? Tennessee will jump in to the three spot. I think they'll, they'll pass Clemson. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> I don't even know who Georgia plays this week. Vandy. Vandy, okay. They're going to win that one. Yeah. Um, but what you got to look out for is Michigan. Well, so, so so before I before I let you go ahead and talk about Michigan, I will say I will say this about Tennessee: if depending on how convincingly they beat Alabama, they I think they have a legitimate argument to jump to number two. You think they jump over Ohio State because Ohio State's not playing this week? Yeah. Okay. Well, and and, and because the the, the 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 string of competition that Ohio State has played recently, yeah, hasn't been great. Right. Well, the top four um for uh for Heisman. Um, odds: CJ Stroud's minus one forty, Caleb Williams is plus a thousand, Hendon Hooker's plus twelve hundred, and Bryce Young is plus fourteen hundred. This is all according to Vegas <sighs> Insider, so a very reputable source. Yeah, um, I couldn't find it on any of those like sports books or anything because the week had already started. So um, you can't bid on a mid, <clears throat> can't bid on a midweek, yeah. right? So this is according to uh, College Football Insider. Um, to who knows? But yeah, I mean Michigan playing. Uh, number 10, Penn State, this weekend. This is going to be a very good game. Um, I can't wait to watch it. I know uh, my sister's a big Penn State fan. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, to see, curious to see how this game goes. Uh, Penn State, they always seem to do this. From what, I, from what I've seen of Penn State, is they always seem to climb in, right? And uh, then, then they play one of these tough opponents like Michigan. 
and then they're just going to bottom out. I don't know why, but that just, just seems to be what they do. Well, I mean, I mean, really, the big thing with um, with Penn State, especially this year, is that they're rel- so. So right now, I w- I will go ahead and say this: the next great Penn State running back to go to the NFL draft is going to be Nicholas Singleton. Remember that name. Give it three years. He's a freshman right now. Give it three years. He's going to be a first round pick. So number one, he's uh, he's already averaging I think seven yards a carry as a freshman. Yeah, they're they're balling over there. That's insane. About uh, 7.3 yards per carry for Nick Singleton. But the thing with uh, Penn State is the only good team they've really played is Auburn. And they fucking waxed Auburn. They did, yeah. So, 41 so to 12. This is going to be their toughest opponent of the year so far. And, but then again, I don't think Michigan's really played anybody yet either. Uh, I can let you know their schedule here in un momento. I mean, they, I mean, they had, I mean, they got scared by Maryland. Because Maryland's offense is good. Yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from Maryland. They beat CSU. Couldn't tell you where that is, what that is. Then they played Hawaii, then Connecticut, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana. How much did they beat, how much did they beat Iowa by? Uh, 27 to 14. Uh, that's close. Now that they're ball. playing Penn State. Then they play Michigan State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, finish out the season at Ohio State. Yeah, so I mean they're kind of, they're kind of in the same boat as um as Ohio State. Where they don't really, they don't really have to play anybody of like, of like note. I mean, I mean, so 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 for Ohio State coming up here for the rest of the year, they have Iowa next week, next week the twenty second, yeah, next week. Uh, then they play Penn State at Penn State, uh, north at Northwestern at home for Indiana at Maryland, and then they play Michigan in the big game. Yeah, dude, they beat Toledo seventy seven to twenty one. I mean. Holy shit! I mean, you know the whole thing. The whole thing with CJ Stroud is, I think he is going to win the Heisman. I don't think it's close at this point. I personally think Ohio State is the best team in the country. Yeah, you and I were talking about this earlier. Or, you were or, a little shocked by by me, me saying I that, was. Um, I don't know if they're the best team in the country. I think they are. I don't know who I can give that to just yet, because Georgia has their struggles. Alabama's definitely not what they were. Um. Alabama's had their struggles against unranked Texas. Well, they're ranked now. What? Barely. 22nd. 23rd. Barely. Still better than OU. Yeah, still better than OU. We suck this year. I know it. It's okay. <laughs> Whatever. But, you know, the whole, the whole thing with Ohio State is that, yeah, I mean, I mean they, you know, they beat, they beat Notre Dame pretty convincingly. Beat them by 11 points. And it, it was really, it really wasn't that close. Um, it was close in the first half. It was close in the first half. And the second I, half took over, and it was like, yeah. oh, good heavens. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, Notre Dame's not a very good team this year. I mean, they played Arkansas State, who's not very great. I mean, they waxed the shit out of Toledo. Wisconsin's not that good this year. Rutgers, and then, I mean, Michigan State. Michigan State lost to Maryland. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're dominating these teams. I mean, the least amount of, sco- least amount of points they've scored in one game is 21. That was against Notre Dame. Yeah. The second least amount of points they scored is 45. That's what I'm saying. So, Ohio State is the best team in the country. But then again, I mean, I mean there's and I'm a big Ohio I'm a big Ohio State guy, but they they're, they're doing this against teams that they 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 shouldn't be holding anything to them. I mean, the team that scored the most points against them is Wisconsin and 
<laughs> they should have scored at least three touchdowns against Ohio State. And Wisconsin fired their head coach. Because of this game. Because of that game. Um, so, so let me ask you, um, after this week, yeah. who do you think are going to be the top six teams in the country competing for the college football playoffs? Because we're coming up on that time of the season where the, where the college football playoff rankings are going to start coming out. I think they start this week. Is it this week? I believe they start, I believe they start after, um, after about seven games have been played. Okay. I thought it was a little bit later, but I could be mistaken on that. Seven, eight games, something like that. It, we're, we're, coming, we're coming up on it. Um, after this week, top six teams. After this week, I think Georgia stays at number one. Okay. Um, I'm also going off the AP, the AP top 25. That's kind of how I'm making my basis right now. Okay. And, of course, based on matchups of, what, of what's going to happen here this week, um, I think number two is going to be Tennessee. Okay. Not all, yeah, I, I think Tennessee beats Alabama this week. I also think Tennessee does it pretty convincingly. You think they, they wax them? It's not going to be by a route. I think it'll be by two scores. Okay. I think they'll, be, I think they'll beat Alabama by at least 10. At okay. least ten. Okay. Okay. Number three, I'm going to go with Michigan. Interesting. I'm picking. I'm picking them to jump Ohio State simply because of the fact that Michigan's win over Penn State will outweigh Ohio State's win over Notre Dame. Okay. And Ohio State doesn't play this week. Okay. Ohio State. If Ohio State played this week, they they would have they would have remained in my top three. Okay. okay. Number four is Ohio State. Okay. All right. Number five is Clemson. Okay. Number six will be USC. Okay. That's gonna that's that's gonna be my top six. All right. Where do you think Bama falls to if they lose this seven? Game? Seven. Seven. Yep. Okay. No, just follow seven. Yeah, I mean, losing one game to the sixth-ranked team in the country, I mean, it's Oklahoma one of the best losses you can have. Oklahoma State plays TCU this week. That's going to be a pretty good game as well. Um, I mean, this is, this is the first, first week in college football. I don't even know in how long where we've had three matchups in the top, where teams are in the top 25 and the teams are undefeated. Right. I think I think Oklahoma State is a little bit of fool's gold. Um, Got to see what they what they prove coming up. I mean, they do have a good good stretch coming up. They've only played number sixteen ranked Baylor, right? And th- and then again at the same time, I also think TCU is fool's gold. I think TCU is fool's gold as well. Yeah, I mean they got thirteenth ranked TCU coming up. Then they play twenty two Texas, seventeen Kansas State, nineteen Kansas. Uh, so there's I mean there's a lot of they have a lot of tough games coming up. Um, but I mean they're be- they're beating up on teams like Central Michigan, Arizona State, who they just fired their head coach because their fucking coaching staff was outing allegedly, allegedly. Whatever doesn't matter. Still terrible. And then UAPB couldn't tell you what that means. UAPB, yeah. University of Alabama peanut butter, dude. Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions. See? Peanut yep. butter. Yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> I was going to go with uh, 
University of Arizona Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> then they played Baylor, and then they played Texas Tech. Who Texas Tech is like, eh, whatever. Texas Tech's mid. Mid. I'm a, I'm a mid. That's what I'm saying. Like, they haven't really played anybody, so I feel like they're a little bit of fool's gold. So yeah. I feel like putting o- Oklahoma State in there. Um, but, you know, one thing I will say about Oklahoma State, they were in this position last year as well. Yeah. I mean, you can't take away the fact that they are. I mean, they're winning games. I mean, it's it's tough to refute that. It's it's tough to go undefeated. I mean, uh, so so an- another thing. I mean, I mean, you did you did just allude to it. You know, they do have four straight games against ranked opponents. Yeah, and I mean, if they stay undefeated, it's going to be tough to keep them out. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be at yeah. that point. They're battle tested. Yep, at that point, it'll be really really tough to keep them out of the top the top uh, top four. Really. Yeah. Because I mean, I think I think at this point, so the way that Ohio's the way that Alabama has looked. I don't think that they're going to remain in the chase if they lose this game. Yeah, I agree. Georgia and Tennessee will both have to lose. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and like I said, I mean, I have Michigan jumping to three and Ohio State sitting at four. Well, we already talked about it. They play later this season. Yeah. Um, I don't trust Clemson. I don't either. Um... I don't even know what who they've played this year, but I feel like I feel like their best opponent was NC State. Wake, Wake Forest too. Wake Forest, okay. Which hmm, that's not bad. I'll give them that one. They played Georgia Tech. They waxed them. Uh, fermented University, F U R. I don't know what that it's means. Fermen. Like I said, fermented. Thirty-five to twelve. LT. Ladanian Tomlinson, 48-20. They beat Wake Forest in double overtime. Yeah. They beat NC State by 10. Beat the hell out of Boston College. Is what it is. They play North Carolina. What? Do they play North Carolina? Oh, no. Hmm. They have uh, Florida State next. Syracuse after that. Syracuse is pretty good. They are pretty good. Number 18 in the country. I, I mean, it's... Then they play Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. They'll probably end up playing North Carolina in the um, ACC title game if things if things hold true. Probably, yeah. If things hold true, there's there's potential for it. Um, but what I think ends up, uh, what I think the the college football um, rankings look like after this top six, I think Georgia stays at one. I think Ohio State stays at two. Okay. I think Tennessee does move up to three. Okay, so we're in agreement on Tennessee. I think Tennessee does beat Alabama. Okay. Um, I'm, we're probably going to eat our words betting against Nick Saban in Alabama. Doesn't pay off for too many people too often. Valid. I can, I can acknowledge it. I just think Hendon Hooker is playing very, very well right now. Um, they're going to be in Tennessee. It's something about that team, man. Right. A little, little grit to them. Yeah. I like it. Um, so I think Tennessee ends up at three. Um, I do ultimately think that Michigan pulls it out against Penn State, although I do think this game is a little bit closer than what most people think it's going to be. I would agree. Um, I think Michigan does does pull it out. So our top four is the same. <laughs> a little bit of a different order, yeah. Yes. But Michigan stays at four. I think USC moves up to five, and Clemson falls to six. Hmm, okay. Uh, just with USC playing Utah, another ranked opponent, um, I think it, I think it's gonna help help their cause. I mean, it's I think really in the um, 
out there in the in the Pac-12, I, I or whatever it is anymore. I, I really think it's just a three-team race. So let me ask you this: so, so, so the wins over NC State and the wins over um and the win over Wake Forest, you think those would still not hold to a win over number twenty? Uh, Utah, considering the fact that USC has beaten Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Arizona State, and Washington State? I think it's the fact that USC um, has been, they've been very good offensively, and they're honestly playing pretty good defensively too. Now, I understand they're not playing very good teams. Mm. I do understand that. But we know that, we do know that college football gets a little reactionary, right? So it's a lot of, USC just beat another ranked team, another conference ranked team, in conference ranked team in Utah, who, um, you know, I'm pretty sure they were just playing in the Pac 12 championship last year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it was them in Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So I, I think USC um, ultimately just makes that jump over Clemson. I'm not saying it's permanent, um, but I think. I do think that the uh, the AP poll falls a little in love with them, um, and, and bumps them up over Clemson. Okay. Clemson. Clemson six, USC five, Michigan four, Tennessee three, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State Christmas cards, Ohio State, Georgia. Okay, six to one there. That's what I got for you. Gotcha. I like it. That's what I got for you. Well, let's check in. Uh, let's check in on the MLB here. What do you say? All right, with it. All right, so uh, playoffs are going on right now. Um, in the first round, Tampa Bay uh, Rays lost two zero to the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians are currently taking on the New York Yankees, and that series is tied one to one after the Cleveland Indians won today. Uh, the Seattle Mariners were taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. Seattle Mariners won that series. I'm actually very happy about it to see two. Um, AL East teams lose in the first round. Love it. Um, Get the hell out of here. Especially because I just can't stand the Blue Jays. They piss me off. Yeah, piss me off. Um, currently, Houston is leading that series against Seattle 2 nothing. Uh, so I don't know how the Houston Astros continue to do it, but they continue to play very good baseball. Um, over on the NL side of things, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies were taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Philly won that series 2-0 and is playing Atlanta. That series is tied 1-1. Hmm. Um, and I believe they were playing today. I don't know if that game is over. You mind, you mind checking in on that for me? Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta and Philly. Um, Stand by. And then the wild card, uh, the San Diego Padres were played the, uh, the New York Mets. Final, Phillies 9, Atlanta 1. What's the series at? 1-1? 2-1. 2-1. 2-1 in favor of the Phillies. Phillies up 2-1. There you go. Um, the Padres were taking on the Mets. This was the only series in the wild card round that, uh, that did not end in a 2-0 sweep. Uh, Padres did win 2-1, and the Padres are taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. That series is also tied 2-1. So a lot of good series going on here in the MLB. Is it tied or is it 1-1? You said, you said tied 2-1. It's 1-1. Oh, I don't know what I said then. You said you, you, you said you said the series was tied two to one. What I say? What I just said. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I got maybe I did say two to one. I don't know. No, no, you did, but but it, but the series is tied. Yes, it it, it, it is tied at one to one. Maybe. 
No, maybe. The series is tied on one. I'm looking at it right now. I love it's just fun fucking with you. Um, but yeah, speak, speaking of that series um, between the Dodgers and the Padres, that game, uh, first pitches tonight are about 8.30 from San Diego. Maybe. Starting pitchers, <laughs> starting pitchers are looking like uh, Tony Gonzalez is going to be taking the mound for the uh, Dodgers, and then Blake Snell is going to be starting for the Padres. Allegedly. <laughs> I can tell that you're so frustrated with me fucking with you. <laughs> you don't know what to do, and I love it. <laughs> um, but you know, I will say this Padres and Dodgers series. It is pretty surprising. I'm uh, genuinely, I'm not gonna lie. Um, me as a Padres fan, as a Manny Machado fan, as a Juan Soto fan, and as a Fernando Tatis fan, um, three of my favorite players in the MLB all play for one team. It's a facto. I like the Padres. I'm not a not fair weather fan. Don't get me wrong. Anyway, um, you know, I am surprised that the Padres were able to pick up a game on the Dodgers. Yeah, I didn't think this series was going to be this close. I didn't think it was either just because it was so lopsided, especially during the, um, during the regular season. This series could, it could also end up 4-1. Well, 3-1. because That was best, only a five-game series? Yeah, this is best of five, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the way they do it now, they do the wild card round is best of three. ALDS is for five. ALCS in the World Series of seven. That's how it works. Okay. I love that you just used the AL, and then you didn't. He didn't go NL. <laughs> I just love it. I'm just fucking with you. A before E, except after C. That's I before E. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are falling off the bus. <laughs> the wheels on the bus go round and round. Dum, as, boom, the, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> as the bus crashes off the road. Well, Carlos Correa opted out of his deal, and he is set to become a free agent. He's uh, opting out of his deal. He has none yet. Well, he's going to. Yeah, he, he, he opted he, out. He, he is planning on doing it. That was something I kind of alluded to a few episodes back. Um, so Carlos Correa to Baltimore is in full swing. I mean, re- really big thing is he's just he's testing the waters. He, I mean, he very well could return back to Minnesota on, a, on an extension. Um, but checking to see what his... Um, what his value is. I, I, I don't blame him for doing it, personally. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move over to our last subject here. Real quick, short little NBA talk. Um, we are going to try to predict um, the three big award winners in the NBA. The MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so with the, um, with the season getting ready to kick off, I figured it would be something, something cool to discuss what we think is going to happen. Um, similar to what we did with the NFL, uh, some of our picks are painting out better than others. Um, so Holman, MVP, who are you taking? Kevin Durant. Okay. You have a reason why? Uh, I think there's no possible way that the Nets are as bad as they were last season. You think he's just on a war path this year? Um, I think, yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to play very well. Um, to try to just prove, make up for it, try to prove it wasn't him. Like he wasn't. Not that I think anybody thinks Kevin Durant was the issue from yeah. last season, but just prove it. Like put put the put it all to bed. Put to bed that he needs Steph Curry and Steve Kerr to succeed. Yeah. Um, I like that personally. I'm gonna go with John Morant. 
Um, okay. I saw the clip of what John Morant did last night against the Pistons. Okay. Where he stole the ball from Bogdanovich. Uh, did a went did a fake pass behind the back to himself and then yammed it. He's I, a very talented young man. And I thought to myself, good God. So number one, John Moran has continued to get better and better every single year he's been in the league. I think this is really him taking that next step. I think there I think that team's gonna be outstanding this upcoming season. Most importantly, I think he's going to be just otherworldly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, really, he was um I mean, if he if he didn't get hurt, he would have been further in contention for MVP last year. Sure. I think this year is gonna be different. Healthier, more efficient, and I think his numbers are going to keep going up. Okay, personally, that's I it. can see it. Yeah, he's a very talented young man. Yeah. Who do you got at defensive player of the year? So, defensive player of the year, I'm actually going to go ahead and take uh, a guy who also has had some injury struggles here throughout his, throughout his career. Uh, I'm taking Anthony Davis. Okay. Um, when Anthony Davis is on the floor, he does. I mean, defensively, I mean, he's not. There's not a lot of people that match what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, his senior year of high school, he shot up a whole six, seven inches. What? I'm glad you finished that. Senior year of high school, he shot up. Yeah, he, he, he shot up a whole six, seven inches. He, I mean, he, was, he went from playing point guard his junior year to playing center his senior. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he, ha- like, he has the, the blocking ability, the stealing ability. Defensively, I don't, I, there's not a lot of players who, are, who can do what he does at the level that he does. So... Um, I think he he's healthy this whole season. I think he'll go ahead and make another leap and um, take home take home the award. Okay. I have Rudy Gobert. Cop out. It's a safe pick. It is, but I think with him being on Minnesota, they're not going to look for a lot of offensive production out of him. That's going to be Cat's role. That's going to be D'Lo's role. That's going to be Anthony Edwards' role. Rudy Gobert, you just be the stifle tower that we know. You can be just play defense, block shots, get boards, protect the paint. Yeah. Just solely focus on what you're best at, and that's playing defense. Yeah. So I think ultimately Rudy Gobert pays off significantly from his transition from Utah to Minnesota. To Minnesota. Gotcha. Okay. So I think he ends up as defensive player of the year. Who's your rookie of the year? I'm going to go with, uh, from the um, Detroit Pistons, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. Okay. So Jaden Ivey was a guy who I was really, really high on when we were doing our mock drafts. Um, yeah. I think his his ceiling is the highest in the draft. And I think he's going to be very, very instrumental in, shocker, Detroit making the playoffs this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think they'll sneak into like the seventh or the eighth. They'll they'll win in the play in, but I think he's going to be very very instrumental alongside Cade Cunningham, um, to making to finally to finally completing the rebuild there in Detroit, and um, they actually make the playoffs. And I think he's going to be a very very big part of it. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to stick with the number one overall pick, Jabari Smith. Wasn't Paolo Banchero the first pick? Was he? Well, then maybe Jabari was too. I don't know who had one and two. I couldn't uh, tell you. Chet Holmgren was two, bud. Where'd Jabari go then? Houston. Well, I know he went to Houston, but I don't know like what pick. Uh, I think third guy. I thought he was first. I thought Paolo was first. Paolo was first. Jabari was third. 
Oh, well, they're stupid. I think Jabari Smith uh, takes uh, Rookie of the Year. I think, I think down in Houston, expectations are so low with that team. Everybody knows that they're rebuilding. Um, they have a lot of young talent. I think Jabari Smith is going to step into um, that young, talented team. Um, he's just going to further elevate them. Um, they're still not going to be very good this season. But gonna, Houston will be fucking fun to watch. They're going to be fun to watch. Yes, they're going to be scrappy. They're going to be in a lot of games, but I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, they have a lot They have a lot of youth and athleticism, especially at the wing positions. I mean, at your two, three, and four between Jalen Green, KPJ, yep. and Jabari Smith, that's a lot of athleticism. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. It will say, uh, I will say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think Jabari Smith has a very real shot at winning Rookie of the Year. He's going to get a lot of playing time. Um, I think Jaden Ivey is going to start the season kind of struggling for for playing time. To your to your point, uh, he's going to get it. Um, I think Paulo obviously he's going to be a day one starter, <coughs> but I think um, I think what Paulo is going to run into, I think he's really with his whole condition of sweating as much as he does. Um, I think he's going to run into a really really big rookie wall. Um, and then I, I don't think, I, I don't know if the defensive numbers stay there, um, for Paulo bon, Boncaro as long as they, uh, as long as they So should. one, one thing that I will say, um, with competing for playing time for Jaden Ivey, he's right now listed as the starting guard. Is he really? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what are they moving Cade to the two? Uh, no, Cade's, Cade's going to play point. Jaden Ivey's a two. Jaden Ivey's better at all is a better off ball guard than he is on ball. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. So there you go. I I think we probably have the two two best picks for rookie of the year. As long as you didn't take Chet Holmgren, then we're okay. I was I was gonna make a joke earlier, and then I opted out of it. And I'm definitely not gonna do it on mic. You can tell me afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards. All right, my man. Well, that's good because honestly. That's all we got this week. That's all we got. That's all we got this week. Yeah. Good episode. It's still over two hours. Yeah. If we have to break it up, we'll break it up. Yeah. Hopefully not. I well, we'll see where it takes us. Because we saw the numbers from last week. You guys overwhelmingly want to listen to the NFL. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's the direction that we'll start heading in. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll lean a we'll little often, heavier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Holman said, that's all we got this week. Um, I know I got an hour drive ahead of me, and I got to pack a bag still. Dang. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, you're good. also not feeling well. I can tell it in your I can I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in your eyes. You're angry. Um <laughs> You're so upset. I just snuck that in there. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Um so let's go ahead and get on out of here. Let's have ourselves a good weekend. Great games of college football tomorrow. Hope everybody uh gets able to sit down and watch them. Yep. And then uh we got some good football on Sunday. So y'all have a good weekend. Be safe, make good choices. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See ya.